You are listening to the Content Academy Podcast. In today's show, we speak to Amanda Webb from spiderworking.com as we talk all things Facebook and social media, but uh, there's a specific focus on Facebook today as we look at Facebook pages, groups, a throwback to the old days, and how you can get up and running when you are only just fresh out the block. So how you can get likes to your Facebook page, start growing those likes, getting those groups up and running, and a whole lot more. But before we get into today's show, we have a word from our sponsors. Hey guys, Paul here. And I just want to take a, a, a couple of moments to speak to you about a guy called Todd Herman. Um, you might not have heard of him. He is a performance coach and he helps people achieve exceptional results. He's worked with the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo, the Real Madrid football team, a whole host of Olympians and another, a lot of other athletes as well. Also has worked with a lot of people in business. And the great thing about Todd Herman is it's not about the fluffy stuff. It's not about the bullshit. It's actually about the hard work everything that it takes to actually get results and achieve high performance so you know if you're looking for something which is going to improve your business which is going to help you reach those goals be those financial be they be they just business results that you're looking to achieve this guy really has a lot of content that will help you get there he has a number of free videos out at the moment which again focus on that so no matter if you're Right at the start of your business where you're only thinking about it, you're only getting started or you're you're maybe out there for a while, you've had a bit of success, but it's reaching a plateau um, or you could be further beyond. You might have you might be managing a small team or your business could be a little bit bigger. Uh, essentially, Todd Herman in the 90 day year helps people achieve a year's worth of results over a period of 90 days now you will your first couple of 90 days you will notice improvements they will get better and better but it's about hard work it's about processes it's about being able to be a little bit smarter and a whole lot more effective with your time it's not about efficiency it's about effective and also being able to identify what is key to growing your business to helping you reach your goals uh, and what can actually be cut uh, and be removed from your, your day your week your month or your year so if you would like to watch those videos i really can't stress enough that you should because they are exceptional you can get them at content.academy forward slash 90 dash day dash year or go to the today's show notes, which is episode 57. So content.academy forward slash episode 57. And there will be a link there to the 90 day year strategy and all of those videos. Enjoy. You are listening to the Content Academy podcast where we teach online businesses how to create raving fans with their content. So let's get to it. Yes, hello, and you're very welcome along to the Content Academy podcast. I'm Phil McGrath, joined as I am every week by Paul Caffrey. Paul, what's up with it? Good, man. How are you? I'm just hanging out, having a nice Monday evening, you know, uh, recovering after the weekend. So yeah, that's me. Yep, doing a bit of recovery after the weekend myself. The Christmas season is upon us. First Christmas party was Saturday evening. Um, dinner and drinks felt a bit worse for wear, but I uh, managed to drag myself to the gym this morning and sweat all the alcohol out of me, so I'm feeling a bit better after that. Well, fair play to you. That's more than most. I like that. But uh, yeah, good show today, Paul. We have Amanda Webb from spiderworking.com on the show. 
for those of you who listened to our previous episode, episode 56, uh, The One Thing Bloggers Need to Know, it was a collaboration of all the panelists from the blogger conference that we spoke uh, spoke in back in no- the 12th of November. And Amanda was one of the panelists. So uh, she was kind enough to uh, give her, give us her time back then to record that uh, one thing with all the other panelists. And we just felt, you know what? Amanda has so much we need to get her on for a full feature length episode and again we've managed to do that this week so if you haven't managed to go back and listen to episode 56 I suggest you stop this one and go and do that right now and then come back to us for episode 57 as we speak to Amanda about all things social media Paul. Uh, we speak a bit about Facebook, we speak about the groups, we speak about some of the tricks that we're working early on and how they are nearly coming around in full circle and applicable again. So very good for somebody starting out and looking to find some actionable tips on how to use Facebook. Yeah, there's plenty in there, folks. We won't ruin any more of it. We'll get straight into the meat of today's show and we'll chat to you at the end. You are listening to the Content Academy Podcast. Yes, so as I said, we have Amanda Webb on the show from spiderworking.com. Amanda, great to connect with you again. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, can't complain. It's a bit of a cold and wet Monday, but you know what? It could be a hell of a lot worse. Good. (laughs) Paul, what's up with it? All good. My arms are very sore. I went rock climbing in an indoor uh, adventure center type thing at the weekend. And uh, yeah, the upper body strength, uh, it lacks today. I'll tell you that I'm drinking out of a straw when it comes to anything at the moment. So uh, <laughs> I, I normally take notes for podcast shows like this. I, I think I'll be struggling to even do that. So uh, yeah, that's where I am right yeah. now. If only we were recording this or to be some way to listen back to it so we could get the notes. <laughs> yeah in three weeks time when i'm able to be able to do it <laughs> oh very good amanda um i suppose some of our audience will be very familiar with you given you were on uh, our last podcast as part of the the one thing panel from bloggers conference but i suppose for those who perhaps missed that and i do urge you to go back and listen to that episode but for those who don't know about amanda please fill them in um yeah i run a business called spiderworking.com which is just me Um, helping small businesses with their social media, digital marketing strategies and content creation, um, training, consultation, pretty much that's it. Anything and everything social for small businesses. And how on earth did you fall? I don't say fall into this, but how did you get into uh, your current business? Because I think there's a bit of a bit of a story there as well. Yeah, I had... um... I used to work in the film business and um, I thought I wanted to be a film director. And after working in the film business for eight years, I realized I wasn't in the right course to be a, a film director. Um, so I thought I'll start a business and I started a business. It was three years before the recession, a corporate gift business. Well, it was a gift business, but obviously corporates is where most of your money comes from on those. Um, so it was ticking ticking along nicely for three years. I started blogging. I was the first person I knew to have a Facebook page, you know, when Facebook was like this new thing to us. Yeah, yeah. Had a Twitter account um, and all that was working really well for me. And then the recession came along and you can't sustain a gift company unless you're getting those corporate orders. And even if the corporates had the money, they they couldn't be seen to be spending it. So I realized pretty quickly that although I might be able to turn over a small amount of money, it wasn't going to be a big successful business during a recession. So I looked around and thought, well, what what can I do? I don't want to go and work for anyone. That's awful. Um, so what can I do? And I realized that a lot of the things I'd learned through doing that company and marketing it online were transferable. So 
I went out there and I started really small doing simple things like setting Facebook pages up for people. And that was, I think, about eight years ago now. And um, it's grown since then. So now I don't don't ring me if you want me to set up a Facebook page. There's people that will do it a, a, um, a lot lower cost than I do because now I'm all about strategy. I'm all about building strategies and content and anything that works. And small business blogging is a big thing that I'm into as well. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. And I love the fact that, you know, been able, having to have that pivot and been able to kind of take a step back and realize where your strengths lay and then kind of kind of forge a path towards them it's uh, definitely inspiring on, on a level because I know a lot of people when the business starts to go a bit get a bit tough and go a bit downhill they tend to bury their heads and kind of think what was me the world is over and uh, you're certainly not one of those people I don't think I could have been it was that case of you know you need to make money I did try and run the two together for um, about three months but that wasn't ever going to happen that it was just you know this business was was very busy and it just made me not want to do the other one at all so it was good yeah and I mean I'm looking at spider working here and you've an awful lot going on I mean you've got your the blog the website the podcast um and then your your one minute videos which I really really love and uh, which you never seemed I don't think I've ever watched one where you managed to keep it under a minute I did it once. <laughs> I, I must have missed that one. I must have missed. Um, and they're the fantastic. surprise on my face when I did it was like, ah, look. So I suppose for, for anyone who probably doesn't know what I'm talking about, you fill them in and tell them, explain to them what that's all about. Yeah, each week um, I do a vlog, a one minute social media moment um, in which I set a timer and try and talk about a specific topic in one minute. Um, and it's, yeah, I fail almost every time to do it within one minute uh, even though I expand it in a blog post as a blog post that accompanies it where I go into more detail I just it's just so hard to keep I guess I talk too much I think that's it <laughs> and to keep it within that one minute and sometimes you know I do 10 or 20 takes trying to get it done um, and it just never happens except for that one time I must go well, I'll, have to, I'll have to go back and root that one out <laughs> I couldn't even tell you which one it was. I just remember being like, there's a surprised look on my face when I looked down and the timer hasn't gone off. <laughs> it's like, ah, how did that happen? Excellent. Um, I'm just I'm just having a look here and um, the social media being, being the focus, it's so topical. And I remember it like seven, eight years ago, uh, myself and Phil, it's kind of around the time we started out as well. And having a Facebook business page that was like, you know, you were ahead of the trend and having a Twitter um account set up again was something that was nearly groundbreaking say 2008 2009 but for people starting today let's say if i'm, I'm a blogger and i'm kind of day one or maybe i've got a, a business you know on a street somewhere uh, you know what would you still recommend people to set up facebook pages and and what what strategies or tactics would you advise them to start especially in the early days and they maybe don't have too many followers I think if you're a business to consumer, you you absolutely have to have a Facebook business page. There's no two ways about it. I did meet someone last week that was saying that they were telling people not to. And that's a bit like, you know, 15 years ago, telling people not to have a website or that it doesn't matter yeah. if you don't rank on Google. I had a bit of a rant about this on my Facebook Live this week because it doesn't, you know, it is really, really hard work to have a very effective Facebook presence. But even if you don't have an effective Facebook presence, people will expect to be able to find you on Facebook. So just to have, you know, the good 
content filled in there, the stuff that you know, people yeah. need to know, your phone number, where to find you. Now, obviously, I would advocate keeping that page updated. But even if you don't, I think you really need to have that presence there. You can't just say, no, don't do it at all because your competitors will. Yeah, I think that's a great shout. It's maybe, maybe like a reference point that even if you're not pushing it, you're not strange because you don't have one. You don't have a Facebook page or whatever. What are you hiding as such? So yeah, be, being able to be found is key. Um, if you're if you're starting out, any any tips for people, I suppose, on what sort of content they should share or how they should go to try build followers in, in the early days? I think the first thing is to think about the quality of the followers you're getting. Don't just try and get everyone and their mother to follow your page. The days are where we can say, oh, but they might know somebody that's interested in our business. I, I think they're kind of gone. And that was, I think I've kind of grown up marketing with Facebook because Facebook has changed and made some very smart marketing decisions or trying to persuade us to market in a better way. So when I first started, it was just, we clamored to get everyone to like our page. And it was all about that. Whereas now it's become apparent that it's really important that the people who like our page want to interact with our page, that want to see our content, are going to appreciate our content. So when you're building, there's two ways you can go. You can try and persuade all your current customers and all the people who do have some sort of affinity with you already to like your page. Um, or you can use Facebook ads, which I think, even though you're having to pay, you're building a really good and relevant audience when you use them. Oh, that's really interesting. I've, I've played around with Facebook ads a uh to build, I suppose, to share and blog posts with the idea of getting likes. And, and I found them a little bit suspect. So I never really got into it in, uh, I suppose, in anger and never went at it um, aggressively. Is, is there any mistakes that you find some people make when they decide to go down that route? There was big mistakes made a few years ago and a, a couple of blog posts capitalized on it, um, blaming Facebook for it. And I actually think it was more to do with the people that were doing the advertising. So a lot of companies, if you go to a company and ask them to build your audience, they they may end up targeting, if you want to say you wanted to get 10,000 people in a week, the easiest way to do that is to target people in Brazil or India, because they have these places called, um, actually, I don't know what they're called, click farms, click farms. And they're basically warehouses full of people on computers like with fake Facebook, yeah, with yeah. fake Facebook book profiles. Now you can buy those, but you also attract those people when you run Facebook ads. Um, if you're targeting those countries, so I suppose the first tip is to really think about map out who you want to like your Facebook page. You know, where do they live? How old are they? What sort of things are they interested in? And target them. Um, but better than that is if you've got a good following on your blog or your website, you can actually retarget the people who visit your website with Facebook ads. So if they've already visited your site, they're going to be more interested in saying, yeah, I like this page. Yeah, I'll do that. So that's a good one. Um, and even better than that is if you have an email list and you've built that in a good way, because there's no point, again, if you've got all the spammers on your email list. But if you've got a good quality email list, you can actually target those with your Facebook ads as well and get them onto your Facebook page. Um, so that's a good way to start, I think, because those are the people that are more interested in what you do. It's going to be harder when you start out to get people to like your page because when they see that, you know, five people like your page, it's it's not yeah. reassuring. Yeah, and that was so just something I get... was going to ask you about, Amanda. Is there anything, like, I mean, for people who only have the 10, 15 likes, is there one kind of guiding principle you think they should stick to in order to grow that? 
I think for your first 100 people, you can be a bit, ask your friends, go into a group that you know and, and ask some people there if they allow it. A lot of groups won't allow that. Yeah. Or, you know, that sort of thing. Um, putting out good content really helps as well because if it's seen organically, that's great. If it gets shared, that's great. And even if you boost that post, I know a lot of people aren't fans of boosting posts, but if you boost that post, that means more people will see it and some of those people will like your page. So that's another way. Um, I think it's it's a lot harder early on to get those people liking, but once they do, it's Facebook are kind of generous with you mm. when you're a new Facebook user and they do tend to show your content to more people to encourage you to, to keep going. Unfortunately, people need social proof. <laughs> so yes. it's a kind of a it's a slightly catch 22 i suppose it is a bit but if you've got good content on your page if somebody arrives on your page and they see oh that's actually interesting if the first thing they see when they land on your page is a big ad they're not going to be interested if they're seeing something that looks valuable to them they're going to be okay that's kind of cool and you need to think about that as well when you're putting together your facebook ads you know when you're putting together a like ad don't just say like my page tell them what are they going to get if they do like your page? What value are you adding to their lives? They're not really interested in what you've got for sale. They're interested in what they can get for free. They most certainly are. And I mean, in terms of your own, um, you're extremely active. Um, definitely one of the most active pages I've seen in a while. And I know you have a Facebook group as well, um, which is also extremely active. How have you found the transition from page to group? in terms of, of trying to obviously keep your own page going um, with relevant content, but also then managing a group setting as well? I guess I do try and keep my Facebook page active. There was a couple of weeks there recently where I was just so overwhelmed with work that it wasn't. Um, but it has kind of, I'm business to business, so it's not an ideal business for Facebook. And I struggle to get my stuff seen or interacted with. What I like about Facebook groups is that they're like Facebook pages were when I started out. So, you know, you can go there and people interact yeah. and are interested in getting involved in what you do. There's a, a far more community spirit to a group. On a page, it's basically you broadcasting and people choosing to interact with you. It's very rarely that people get into conversations in the comments section, whereas in your group, you can start off a conversation, anyone can start a conversation and it becomes people talking to each other as well as people talking to you. And that's really the essence of what a community is. So I think from a social media perspective, it's far more valuable. Yeah, and I mean, there also seems to be the case where obviously the, the Facebook pages, you're kind of putting stuff out and you're hoping that Facebook is going to be kind enough to let your followers see it because yes. we know there's only a small percentage of the people who actually like our page see it. But of course, where groups are concerned, the chances are you're going to see almost every post that goes up. I'm in a lot of groups and I don't see every post that goes up, but then I'm in a lot of groups, you know. So I think that's that is going to be a challenge in the future. It's not going to stay being brilliant. No. But I think that Facebook are being really smart with the groups. They're embracing them at the moment because the problem they're having as a business is people are posting less content. People, individuals, not businesses, they're posting like mad. But individuals yeah. are posting less content or less interesting thing. They want to do a lot more in private. So, you know, the likes of Snapchat have kind of had an effect that people want to have these private conversations that go away. Now, groups kind of do that people will have conversations in groups that they wouldn't have 
in public in front of their friends. You know, it's it's mm. these little walled gardens. Yeah. So I think Facebook are very into their groups, and that's why they're letting us as businesses get away with it. <laughs> Just kind of like For we moment. know there's got to be some sort of pullback on that. You know, once people join too many groups, they're going to need to put some sort of algorithm in place to make sure that people are seeing stuff from personal groups more than business groups or I'd say exactly the same thing we've seen with pages will happen with groups. You are listening to the Content Academy podcast. And let me ask you a question from your point of view. You kind of touched on it um, ever so slightly there about Snapchat and how that kind of had affected uh, people and wanting to have their conversations disappear. Facebook, of course, have recently just launched a very Snapchat-like feature where you can have disappearing pictures and so on and so forth. Do you think as kind of business owners and bloggers that that could become something, another marketing channel for us to, to really invest in? It can do. I suppose the problem with Facebook or Instagram stories or the new uh, Facebook, I don't know how that's going to go as being part of Facebook. But I think the problem is that they're so time consuming if you want to do it really well. So that's me. I always want to do everything as brilliantly as I can. And when I started doing Snapchat, that was my aim. And I used to do these like really elaborate stories, but they take me half the day to do. And that's the thing with, you know, Snapchat, Instagram Mm. stories, it's the same. You can't just go and make it all at once either. You know, the way that Facebook, that Snapchat and Instagram stories works is you, if you do it incrementally throughout the day, you're going to get better reach. So I guess that's the challenge, really. Yeah, and it is. I mean, it's a challenge we faced as well. It's it's trying to find, not say trying to find the time. Time sometimes isn't the issue. It's remembering to do some of this <laughs> stuff because obviously we there's certain tools we can use to automate some of our social media exploits in terms of our promotion strategies for our content. But when you've got to actually physically open up the app, do the recording, hit send, and you know every once in a while, and you tend to forget. And I've done it myself. I've been out and about. I've left the office, and I kind of go, "Oh no, I was supposed to put that out, or I was supposed to shoot a quick video about such and such, and I've completely forgotten about it." And then you're kind of going, "Right, well, I can't do it here where I am. The sound quality wouldn't yeah. be good, or I haven't got my, I have a little lavalier mic. I haven't got that with me. It's just going to be a bit of a pain." And th- I think that's a big problem for people as well. Is is kind of having a strategy in place and then remembering to uh, to kind of execute. Yeah, it is. It's almost like it's very hard for small businesses, particularly solopreneurs, which is what I, I mostly deal with that when you're on your own and you have to do everything yourself to try and do that. I think that's the beauty of Snapchat and Instagram that it's in the moment, you know, you have to do it then there's no scheduling. It, it wouldn't work if there was scheduling, but that's also, that's the hard bit for us. That's to try and to try and keep it along those lines, you know, yeah, and um, I suppose I'm moving slightly on, but maybe going backwards in, in one sense. Um, Facebook competitions used to be really big, and I suppose they still are. You see a lot of people uh, posting. Are they? It's mainly bigger companies now that I'm seeing doing it as opposed to smaller businesses. Are they still effective for smaller businesses, and are they something that you would advise people to to have a go at, or would you say avoid for whatever reason? Actually, they are a really good way if you do them really well of building a list or building Facebook likes. But I think you have to be really smart. They're definitely not as effective as they used to be. People have competition fatigue. Um, And then, yes, you see a lot of big big companies do it. And then there's a lot of scammers out there. People have stopped believing that, you know, that Facebook competitions are real. I just even just before I came on the call with you, 
I was looking at um, a friend of mine had shared a competition that seemed to be from Marks and Spencer's. Oh, I yes, a, yeah. Yeah, you've seen this competition. And it's like, yeah. as soon as I saw it, I was like, that's a bit suspect. It doesn't look quite right. So I went and checked out the page. And no, it's not a real page. And nobody's getting €7,000 from Marks and Spencer's. It just seemed wrong. But I think there's so much of that around. People have lost trust. Um, but... I think they can be really good for a business if you get it spot on, if you get it right, if you come up with a prize that's really appealing specifically to the people you want. Yeah, you know, that's, no that's point... a big thing. Sorry to cut across you. Man. I was just about yep. to, you're probably about to make the same point. That I see a lot of businesses giving away um, really good prizes, but the prizes that invite everybody, not necessarily their target audience. So yeah, you're going to get a thousand likes because they want the prize, but they've no interest in your business after the competition is over. Yeah, and yeah. that's dangerous. Yeah, that's really dangerous because what happens if if you're worried about your Facebook reach, which we all have to be, I think, it's if the people like your page and they're not interested and they end up hiding your posts, that's a, that's a black mark against you. That comes up as negative feedback for your Facebook page, which means you're going to reach less people in the future. So, you you need to make sure you're reaching just the right people. So I suppose your competition then, in summary. Uh, should have a realistic prize that people will say, yeah, that that seems fairly credible. Uh, and then the second thing, the, the prize should really be relevant to what you do in your business, not just be a free iPad, which will appeal to the masses, but maybe it's an hour of coaching or it's a haircut exactly. or, or whatever it is that you're you're supplying. Okay, so um, with, with setting up competitions then, is it the case that you, the advice was, you know, put your budget aside, run it over a day or over a week or, you know, would you get really specific with the audience that you're going after or what, what do you think gets the best results generally, Amanda? I suppose the first thing to say is we all know they're black banned and we all know that people do it all the time, which is the like and share competitions. Um, and you're actually, they're actually against Facebook's rules, but most people don't know that or don't care because Facebook doesn't penalize that many people about it. Um, if you are running a Facebook competition though, I think it's kind of a waste to go like and share because the people that tend to enter them do that a lot and they're not going to remember your business. So that's the first thing you need to have a prize that's really relevant to your business. And then you need to think of, People need to interact more with your business rather than just clicking a like or doing something simple to enter. You need to give them just a little bit of a barrier to entry. So something like, you know, asking them to, I saw a great post, actually, it wasn't a competition, but it was from Barry's Tea asking you how you um, how you take your tea. So if that was a competition, if you were a tea manufacturer, an artisan tea manufacturer, maybe you would ask that question and somebody would win a prize from saying how they take their tea. And that just means they've invested some time thinking about your business when they've answered it, which means they're going to feel some sort of affinity with you. So that's the first thing. Yeah, that's that's clever. And then just curiosity, how, what did other people say? Is there any silly, exactly, crazy answers? Yeah. yeah, is there anybody saying they take brown sauce in their tea? Perhaps quite an old joke, but let's move on. <laughs> um, okay, I, still get, no, I still get old cool. jokes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there you go. Well, I'll put a clip of that in the show notes for anybody who probably doesn't know what we're talking about. Um, okay, and that's interesting. So competitions, uh, is there anything else on Facebook or would you say that's kind of it? Get your Facebook page together, get the get your information up there at the very least, post often if you can. And I mean, is there anything else? I know we've mentioned well, groups, I, so setting up a group. I have a couple of questions if I can do a little quick kind of fire at you, Amanda, if you don't mind, very quickly. Yeah, go ahead. So automation, yes or no? 
Um, yes, to a degree. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes and no. Yes, yes and no. Yeah, not, that's not really a yes. I, you know, I automate a lot of my content, so everything's scheduled, but I tend to do it within Facebook. And but it's always the the Facebook Live. The that that's my big thing. My fa I do Facebook Live, and the Facebook Live is the one that really gets me engaged with my audience. So I think you need to do a little bit of you in the moment. Yeah, and I'm I'm actually going to ask you a bit about that in a second. I just was curious because I've been reading a bit lately where uh, a lot of people online have been saying that they're being penalized, that they feel as if they're being penalized by Facebook because they are automating. Um, and it's not just Facebook and Twitter as well, that they're being penalized slightly, that they're uh, automating a lot of their processes. And they feel that Facebook in particular aren't showing their stuff to as many people as they used to because now they, mm. they use a, a tool like Meet Edgar or Co-Schedule or Buffer or Crowdsource, Crowd, what was it? Uh, what was the other one? We used to use Crowd Booster. That was the one Crowd, we used to yeah. use a long time ago, Paul. Um, and they seem There's to... There's been some stats, though. There's been some stats. I know it's kind of, for most of those people, it's it, it's their feeling. Mm. Um, yeah, and that's what I was just going to ask you. Yeah. And I know there have been some statistics out there, but I, I, know, I know Agora Pulse, but like, disclaimer, I, I write content for them i know they put out a post recently where where there'd been a study done and it actually didn't make any difference if you were using a third-party tool but the thing is it used to hmm. and there's no reason why it might not again yeah um, so i tend to always use the inbuilt facebook tool um i do use agora post for twitter twitter doesn't seem to mind um but i wouldn't be i'm i'm just i prefer using something within the architecture it doesn't have any third-party branding on or you know Hmm, interesting and the facebook lives of course you touched on um how have you found them in terms of growing your 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 uh, your page and your likes and, and your reach i suppose and interaction at first they were absolutely amazing for reach it was i've been doing them since the not the beginning of the year maybe march i think and they were phenomenal when you put them out there facebook were really pushing it so anytime you went live that was it They'd show it to loads of people. And then the more people that get wind of that, of course, they pull back the reach. But what it is really great for is just it's people really want to know there are human beings. It's that trust thing. Like the Facebook competitions I was talking about, there's some sort of trust when somebody can see you face to face in the moment, unedited, raw. I think that's why Snapchat works so well as well. That's that's when people begin to trust you. So I've actually built, you know, not a massive audience, but a really good loyal audience of people that tune in every week for that Facebook live and ask questions and get involved. And it is that real, it's as close as you can get to having a conversation until Zuckerberg works out the the um, virtual reality thing where we'll actually be standing shaking <laughs> yeah. hands with each other. That's about as close as we can get at the moment. And, and, it and is, VR is coming. I know, I know. Well, well, he's so got Oculus Rift, so it? yeah. <laughs> it'll soon be like we'll be sitting in the room with our friends, just or with our headsets on. That's what it'll be like. But until then, Facebook Live is what we've got. So, and um, and I just I I really do think it's the the best way to connect with people. And in terms of you doing those uh, kit wise, have any bits of kit that you're using that you'd recommend people try? Are you are you literally just mounting your iPhone on a on a bracket and, and firing ahead? I tried all the streaming tools, well, all the free streaming tools that I could, um, and I was getting massive um, delays 
on my stuff. So I'd be talking and it would be, you know, not just a few seconds ahead, you know, like 30 seconds delay in me going live, which doesn't work when you need the the online conversations. Now, I know part of that's down to my Internet and part of it's down to the tools themselves. So now I've just gone back to doing it on my phone, my phone mounted on a tripod and that's it. So nothing fancy at all. Um, props are really good. Having something, it can be boring to look at one person in the same position for 30 minutes. That's my show. So you need to have something to kind of make up for the fact that you can't zoom in, that you can't do anything. So I use props and also like changing the distance between myself and the camera and kind of doing things like friend of mine actually thought I was doing it by accident which is popping up from the bottom of the screen with a big grin on my face that sort of thing <laughs> it just it adds variance to what you're doing and it keeps people interested and tuned in for the 30 minutes and um mine's a news show as well so I have like eight topics at least that I talk about every week so it's not me going on about the same thing for half an hour so you're telling me we should have Paul in the background dancing for 30 minutes. <laughs> that would work. That would work. I did do a bit of a dance on my Halloween one. I wore a Halloween onesie for my Halloween one. If Paul, knows what I'll do get your Christmas. onesie out, mate. You're dancing. <laughs> I have a dinosaur onesie, interestingly enough. It has a tail and everything. Great for dancing, that would be. That could work. Yeah, um, definitely work. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so with that you've got all these videos do you keep them on and turn them into um youtube videos or do you repurpose or do you just let it go and that's it it's done forget about it and people can go back and watch on facebook if they like and that's it i put them up on youtube if i had more time i'd love to edit them down into like you know edit the rubbish out and make them smaller segments and do more with it but realistically you know I have to do work as well. So, <laughs> so I <laughs> yeah, download yeah. them and then um, I upload them to YouTube when I have my good internet on because the upload speed is really slow otherwise. Okay, cool. And are you finding that, that bloggers, Irish businesses, and I suppose the business you're dealing with, would they use YouTube much or is it kind of not really, not really used in, in the businesses you're dealing with? I think there's people interested in it. I think I've been saying for the last five years that this year is a year of video and there is a lot of video i'm not sure the audience on youtube wants how-to videos or it wants kind of vloggers it's buying your personality so unless you're kind of one of those it's more a space where you're going to host your video than somewhere that you would have a strategy around so i don't have a strategy around trying to get people onto my youtube channel or doing anything it's just a place to host my video and that's it really um, but if you can do a whole, a whole lot of how-to videos, so if you're fixing stuff or can show people that sort of stuff, that sort of content goes down really well on YouTube and it's quite a good place to build an audience and then hopefully drive them onto a list or your website. And I think that's reflective of what we've seen as well. It's it's about a lot of how-to uh, stuff. It really kind of gets the the best uh, the best viewership really more than anything else it is interesting with the amount of people we all hear these stats that it's the second or third largest search engine in the world uh, and uh, i suppose interestingly enough um i haven't seen i'm not going to say it may be not mainstream bloggers using or mainstream businesses using it but i've seen silos where it's extremely effective uh, i suppose then we're also now competing with big businesses though who are using production companies to build free content for their youtube channel so i suppose that's also another thing to to consider when we don't have the time or resources maybe if it's not core to the strategy as you're saying 
possibly not worth wasting too much time on so definitely something to think about if you're going to youtube my takeaway from that is be committed to it i think as a video host you know you need to make your decision so you YouTube can work outside the how-to videos. You do have a lot of bloggers who are very successful on YouTube, but it's selling your personality. It is the whole trust thing. Like you, you podcasting is part of the, you know, people will feel like they know you better and the people are more likely to trust you. The same goes for YouTube. If they can see you and I've been doing video for a long time, but I've never really considered myself a YouTuber you know, or a vlogger. It's just, that's where my video sits before it goes on my website. My website is where you see it all. And now Facebook too, of course. Yes, of course. Facebook Live, which is, is really amazing. It's really transformed things. Um, if people want to watch your show, how can they how can they find it? Or, you know, when do you do it? It's 9.30 a.m. almost every Friday morning. Um, there will be a break over Christmas. <laughs> um, 9.30 a.m. Friday mornings, facebook.com forward slash spiderworking. So if you like the page, you should get a notification. If you subscribe to my events, you'll get a reminder because I set up an event for it every week. And we'll make sure to have a link to that in today's show notes. Amanda, I'm conscious we are getting towards the end of the show. Um, so I won't keep you too much longer, but I do have a question that I ask all of our guests and uh, you're not going to escape it either. Give me one thing that you have learned since you started this business that you wish you knew when you started. Almost everything I know. Um, I suppose focus on, have a customer persona, focus on your customer and that's it really. I suppose at the beginning I was just throwing out content or learning how it worked. Whereas the, the customer should be the center of everything you do or your reader. If you're a blogger, just your reader, who is your reader and is the stuff that you're creating appealing to them or are you just writing it for yourself? Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. Amanda, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you very much for taking the time out to come and speak with us. Um, hopefully we will catch up again soon. But before we let you off the line, tell our audience for once more where they can get a hold of you. You can find me at spiderworking.com is the website. And if you search for spiderworking, spider as in the scary thing, working as in having a job, you'll find me anywhere online thing. with that name. <laughs> the other scary thing probably. not as scary as the spiders i'm actually i'm actually scared of spiders so don't even have no idea why i have that name well there you go amanda it's been a pleasure thank you very much and uh, we'll make sure to have links to all of those in today's show notes folks so don't worry about scrambling for a pen until next time amanda have a good day thank you you are listening to the content academy podcast so there you have a poll Facebook was predominantly the feature of today's show and a lot in there for people to take away. Yeah, there was a lot of interest and information shared, which really, although it sounded simple, I think it needs to be pointed out. We spoke about competitions. The prize should be realistic uh, and maybe interactive. So there was a nice example with that uh, with Barry's tea there of how how do you take your cup of tea as opposed to like and share this and win some free tea bags, which is the the sort of generic competitions that are out there a dime a dozen and are getting ignored now. So uh, that was that was a nice piece, which although obvious will give you an idea as to how you could maybe promote your own content. 
Yeah, and I mean, obviously, having a prize specific was uh, to your audience and or the target audience you're after is a big one. Again, we spoke about having having prizes that, of course, everyone is going to want to win, but that doesn't mean they're interested in your business. And of course, as Amanda was saying, if you then if they then block your Facebook page, it's a negative score against you in terms of Facebook, which means your stuff will show up to even less people. So just to bear that in mind, folks, especially coming up to the Christmas period, if you're planning on running any Christmas competitions, these are some of the things you will need to consider of course and then Paul we spoke about the Facebook groups and how they are kind of like what a Facebook page used to be like back in the day yeah they're interactive you see a lot more posts from them and people talk and leave comments whereas that's not so much happening on Facebook pages these days dare I say it's nearly a bit unusual or slightly weird to see that conversation on a Facebook page which is a shame how many groups are you a member of Phil? Oh, now I'm 20 groups, give or take. Not that it probably sounds a lot, but it's not that many because I'll be fairly active in most of the groups that I'm a member of. I'm not a member of that many. I think I'm probably in a max of 10, I think. Yeah, and I think that's what's important because. I mean, I don't know I, how many how many things, how many pages have you liked on Facebook? Who knows? I, I'm not even going to hazard a guess at that. And I tended not to like a lot of stuff on Facebook because I didn't want my Facebook feeds to, you know, get clogged with, with sort of nonsense that I didn't want to interact with quite often. So it's all about groups. Uh, the one thing I would say is because it's all about groups and everyone is creating groups now, if you are going to create one, you need to be committed and you probably need to do something a little bit different, which is always the always the way with any technology as soon as people start using it. But again, I would say don't throw together a group if you're never going to actually do anything with it. But if you are and you're interested in using Facebook, that can be a real nice way to build a loyal following. So it's about, I suppose, quality as a, as opposed to quantity. Yeah, and while we are talking about Facebook groups, I'm going to be a bit of a, a pusher and uh, promote our own Facebook group. So folks, if you haven't already joined our Facebook mastermind group, I do suggest you do so. You'll find a link in today's show notes or if you head over to Facebook and uh, search Content Academy Mastermind, you'll find our Facebook group there. Come on in, introduce yourself, say hello and uh join the conversation join the conversation indeed it's it's quite nice we it's a, it's a small group there's not too many people there which is quite nice because everybody interacts and that is a key thing to uh, i suppose some of the larger kind of faceless groups that are out there so focus on your customer you need to write for your reader not yourself although I suppose uh, Amanda will be coming from a social media point of view, from a content point of view with that hat on. That is quite important as well, isn't it? To have your your reader at the core of that. Now, I know you would have an opinion of it has to be beneficial for both sides, but far too often, uh, and you'll probably agree, we see a lot of people write blog posts and they're maybe a little self-indulgent. It's maybe not really given that much value. So all you're stealing is time from the person that's read it. And if that's the case with your post, unless you're wickedly entertaining and someone like Russell Brand, you probably need to refocus. Yeah, um, I very much subscribe to the Gary Vaynerchuk method of thinking. It should always be 51-49 in their favor. So yes, I do, as you rightly point out, Paul, think it should be an exchange and you should get something from it as well. It needs to be 
heavily stacked in in favor of your uh, your audience or your reader um as opposed to what you're looking to get out of the content so kind of that 5149 um ethos that Gary Vaynerchuk speaks about is definitely something I would subscribe to and then there was the Facebook lives Paul Amanda said she's been getting some great interaction on there while she hasn't built a massive following she said the, the following she has built has been very loyal and she's getting a lot of interaction on her on her Facebook lives that she does every week once a week every Friday she's live uh, on Facebook um for 30 minutes um answering questions so that sound like anything else you can think of Paul it sounds like Twitter about 25 years ago when we <laughs> used to go. Like that long, used to go it? it does. It really does. We used to go live for an hour and answer questions. Just an hour a week. Every and week, though. Every week, always it. the same time, always around a deadline that was in place for people playing the, the football game that we were answering questions on. And that had a great effect on our blog, on our podcast and even brought us to the point of actually making sales via twitter as well which um it kind of just shows that no like and trust factor that it was you were able to achieve that with a tweet and with a new number of tweets or answering questions and just being around a lot so just being useful for the sake of being useful not looking for anything in return just getting out there helping your audience answering as many questions as you can and trying to really provide value was not expecting anything in return now of course once we did kind of put it out there that they could give back to us in a monetary value for products we had many were quite happy to do so because of the years that we kind of provided that free service to them so you'll be surprised i suppose is the one thing paul that people will actually want to give you um to give something back to you if you are useful and on a consistent basis and really helping them out that's what it comes down to building that value, building that following, and then giving people the opportunity to actually, you know, pay you for products and services if you're of use to them. It's, uh, you know, people often kind of cringe and don't like to talk about the money side of things. But at the end of the day, if, you know, your online business, it needs to have some sort of income so you can service your, your audience a bit better. And Facebook Lives are certainly a great way of making a connection with people. Mm. And that's kind of the first step. There's a lot more to come after that, but that's the first one. So if you could get to that, it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, it most certainly is. And actually, I'm going to give a plug to a blog post I wrote recently, um, which could come in handy for your Facebook Lives, because I've written a blog post entitled Top 5 Phone Accessories for Bloggers. And uh, pretty much everything in there of the five um, would come in very useful for doing Facebook Lives. So uh, maybe, folks, if you're looking for a bit of tech and some gadgets to uh, help you out doing your lives, you could check that one out. Anyway, I think that's enough for today, Paul. Thank you to jo- for joining me today. Not often you got a thanks, Elmy, but I'm going to give you one anyway. Yeah, well, that's that's because I carried you today, and you know my back <laughs> sore now, so I'm going off to to have a well deserved rest. Uh yeah, you deserve it. What can I say? Oh, <laughs> uh, you're you're so you're so generous, really. You are. I know. Yeah, yeah. You and say thanks, I throw a dig. Yeah, I'm out of here. That's what real friends are for. Folks, don't forget, if you want to get any and all of today's show notes, you can head over to content.academy forward slash episode 57 for all today's show notes. I almost wasn't sure, Paul. It's episode 57 for all of today's show notes. But until next week, folks, have a good one.